Um, well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you all for being here today. I know it's a national holiday. Many people go out of town and they, they go camping, they go hiking. And Haiti, there's only two kinds of snakes that I'm afraid of, and that's dead ones and live ones. So, I hope y'all read the reading this week, uh, unfortunately, and I'll say it again, it's, it's going to be late in the sermon when we finally get to it. I'm going to build up to it. This Thursday is the third anniversary of when I walked through the doors. I'm a tenor. <laughs> third anniversary since I walked through the doors of Heights Christian Church and I saw many people that I haven't seen in a long time, many people I've known for 30 plus years, and it was a beautiful thing. Walter and Teresa English brought me here, and uh, thank God for them. Uh, They allowed me to stay in their house while I was uh, purchasing my property, and then I was setting it up, and it takes a lot of things to happen in order to set up raw land into a home, and praise God I was able to do that, and uh, So many people I've known since 1990, Um, my address changed, theirs did, but still within the same area, and uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, sometimes being military at the time or being anything, we change churches, we change addresses, we change states, sometimes we change countries, and we are all still family. We are all still family in Christ, and uh, I just wanted to say that this morning, that no matter where you go, um, if you are here, if you are friends with any of us, if you are a believer in Christ, that we are going to spend eternity together, and I want you to understand that whether you come to this church or any other church, or you go out into the world and you preach the gospel to, to lost souls in another nation, that we are still family here. So in three short years, I went from the new guy to standing before you, preaching and teaching, and it is my honor to do so before a Christ-filled congregation such as this one. You have welcomed me with open arms, and I thank you for that. You know, 31 years ago, when I first met many of the people here, I was young and poor, and after years of hard work, I'm no longer young. (laughs) So as I said earlier, this week's psalms, they're fabulous psalms of thanksgiving. Uh, We love to praise Christ. We love to praise God. And we thank Him for that. But like I said, we're going to get to it later. And first thing we're going to do is start in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, if you're taking notes. And I will give you some time to get to that. But it is a beautiful day up here. Uh, I was afraid I was going to be sweating like a Southern Baptist preacher, and it came true. It's humid outside, but thank God we've got the rain. All right, Romans chapter 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are 
the called of Jesus Christ. And if, if you have a different version, I'm reading from uh, the New King James. So, what if we started every single letter that we wrote to anybody with these words? What if we changed the name Paul to John? Well, that's my name, but you know. John, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. This is to remind me, to remind myself, to remind others who I am in Christ. And um, so let's continue. Called to be, and you can insert your job title here. God does not call every one of us to preach. God calls us to do different things. We have construction workers. We have electricians. We have HVAC mechanics. We have plumbers. We have people who work in every industry in this church. And thank God for that. You are called to be there where you are at. And I want you to understand that. And we insert a job title and career here that Christ has laid upon our hearts that we can remember what we are called to do that will glorify Christ within us. And we will go to Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Do anything we do, do for Him. We remember the promises of God from the scriptures about Christ and we acknowledge it and we celebrate it. We continue to declare his love for us and remember that it was through Christ's love and grace that we are obedient to his name and we declare it to all the nations. And then we name those receiving our letter. In Romans 1 verse 7. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints... Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we can change that to all who are at Heights Christian Church. To all who are in Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Washington, Georgia, British Columbia, Germany, the Netherlands, Australia. Or as we should say to all the saints in the world who are beloved by God. We send these greetings. In today's age, we can literally reach the entire world simultaneously. With the technology today, we can spread the love of Christ all over. And unfortunately, in today's culture, we see many disturbing trends that seek to keep our focus from Christ and focus on the worries of the world that are using the same technologies to spread disinformation. Paul speaks of today's events in Romans where he gives the description of what God will do. And we'll go to Romans 1, verses 18 through 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth of unrighte- in, un- in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. 
and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the host of their hearts, in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth for, of God for the lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to the vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of the error which is due. And even as they did, did not uh, like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deceiving, are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Wow. That is a rough passage to read. We see it every day in what's going on in the world that these sins are coming together. They are proud to be sinful. And it goes against the very nature of God. And what we're here to do is to preach the gospel so that they understand what they're doing is wrong. You know, we have forgiveness of sins, but we do not escape the consequences of those sins here on earth. If we go out and rob a bank and we ask for forgiveness, we'll receive forgiveness if we're repentant. We'll still do jail time. And in jail, we will truly repent. And it's unfortunate that people come there. And, uh, well, what Paul is saying here, if we do not retain God in our knowledge and follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit and seek to be Christ-like in our actions and attitudes, He will let us wallow in our sins until we come to a point we can no longer stand to be living and we will continue to search for something because we ignore the righteousness of God. And it's not just those who practice it, but those who encourage others to do the same. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. And the word says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Uh, in my last sermon, I mentioned, I asked the questions of how long are we going to be able to preach the Word of God before we are arrested for doing so. And I wasn't joking about it, but I'd seen what's going on in the world. Not even a week later, on May 8th, Pastor Artur Pawlowski and his brother David, who are from Poland, were arrested in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, for... And I quote, organizing an illegal in-person gathering, including requesting, inciting, or inviting others to attend 
an illegal public gathering, promoting and attending an illegal public gathering, end quote. Basically, they invited people to church and they held church services. That's what he was arrested for. About a week later, on May 16th, Calgary Police Service arrested Pastor Tim Stevens for having services at his church in Calgary. About, uh, let me see, that was on May 16th. On June 14th, he was arrested again for holding services in an undisclosed location because the government had confiscated the church building and they had nowhere to meet, so they made up a place to meet. This was not the first time in Alberta this had happened. On February 16th, Pastor James Coates spent 35 days in jail for holding services at his church. Now, I bring these up to show you that as a Christian, you can be targeted by the government for spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. We all have seen the troubles in the world today, and we need to hear some good news. With Christ comes hope, and a prisoner with hope acts like Paul does in Philippians. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. Paul is saying here that as long as the word of God gets out, as the good news of the gospel comes out, then he will rejoice, even if it's by people who are seeking to do it out of selfish ambition. So today is Independence Day in the United States. Today we celebrate the freedoms that our founding fathers in this nation have trusted, entrusted to the people limiting the government's authority to dissolve these rights. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mark read part of the Declaration of Independence, and I will read it again. I want you to listen to what it says. The unanimous declaration of 13 United States of America... When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation." And we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with, this, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, to this, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government happens or becomes destructive to, of these ends, 
it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than the right than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute deposition disposition it is their right it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security comprehend what happened here these people were being led by a tyrannical government they wanted to restore freedoms that they felt were God-given rights to them they had petitioned their government many times to no avail and so they took action to dissolve their relationship with that government and listen to this next part our sins have a hold of us make no mistake of that our sins will take a hold of us in a tyrannical way and seek to control every thought and action Christ is the answer of breaking the bondage of those sins and bringing about a close relationship with him and we have the Holy Spirit who will give us guidance if we are willing to listen be willing to listen to that we have unfortunately sometimes we are a slave to our own sins and we need Jesus to bring us back from that so who is guilty of sinning we go to Romans 3.10 as it is written there is none righteous no not one and now we go to Romans 3.21 because Paul further states there but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there, are, there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus we all have sinned and we all have freedom from those sins through the redemption of Jesus Christ in John 3.16 we all know that verse for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and further on Christ states when he's talking to Martha in chapter 11 of John uh, verses 25 26 Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die he shall live and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die do you believe that Jesus asked that question well do you believe this do you know Jesus Christ is your savior if you do fantastic if you do not the elders will be down here at the front after the service to lead you in that decision when you receive Christ as your savior Paul tells us in Romans 8 
1 and 2, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah, right? In John sixteen thirty three, Christ says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I understand this. This was before the resurrection of Christ. He's already done it. This was past tense. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah for that. When Christ prayed for his believers in, in chapter 17 of John, in verse 26, he says, And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus prayed that God's love would be in us, be in us for each and every one of us. The love that God has for all of us. That we would have the same kind of love for each other. Doesn't that blow your mind? Jesus prayed for us 2,000 years ago. He prayed for us today. And so we go to... Romans 1, verse 16. I know I'm bouncing around here a lot. This is Paul speaking. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. How else was Paul able to convince the guards and other prisoners that his chains are in Christ other than I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? He spoke it boldly. And the bolder he got, the bolder the other prisoners got when they realized who Christ was. We need not be ashamed of this gospel. I'm going to take a break here for a minute. I want you all to stretch. Put your hands up in the air. Come on. Come on. Now do this. Uh, stretch. Then we go out in front. And then out to the side. Don't smack your neighbor. Everywhere y'all reached, God is at. Everywhere you put your hands, God is at. He is always with us. And I just want y'all to know that. And finally, we come to this week's readings. Did y'all enjoy the passages? I mean, seriously. Psalms of Thanksgiving, after weeks of laments which can be a downer which is odd because I think I end the service with uh, lamentations anyway (laughs) turn with me to Psalms 40 verses 1 through 3 I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry he also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. He has put a new song in my mouth. Hallelujah for that. Isn't that a beautiful thought? You know, when I was going through my years of depression and anger towards God, God didn't jerk me up by the pants, giving me a colossal-sized wedgie and telling me to straighten up and fly right. 
He brought people into my life to gently nudge me back towards the loving arms of Christ. And that is what he does for us. He brought me out of that pit and put a new song in my heart. Charles Spurgeon stated, I find myself frequently depressed, perhaps more so than any other person here, and I find no better cure for that depression than to trust in the Lord with all my heart and seek to realize afresh the power of the, of the peace-speaking blood of Jesus and His infinite love in dying upon the cross to put away all my transgressions. Every one of us goes through feelings of depression. And God loves us right where we're at. Now we're going to turn to Psalms 116, verses 1 and 2. I love the Lord, for He heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because He turned His ear to me, I will call on Him as long as I live. That's a beautiful thing. Now we're going to skip down to verse 12. How can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? Anybody know how we do that? No. We'll never fully repay. However, let's go to Psalms 138, verses 1 through 3. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name. For your loving kindness and your truth. And you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me. And made me bold with the strength in my soul. We cry out. And God hears us. Now we're going to Psalms 107.1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Because in Psalms 92, 1 and 2, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. I want you all to say that with me. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Let's do it together now. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. If you remember nothing else here today, I want you to remember that. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Now we go to Psalm 66, verses 1 through 4. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that the enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. And as we do this, we can give our testimony, which is followed along in verses 5 through 9 of chapter 66. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. 
So we plead with people to come and listen to our testimony and we tell them what God has done for us and why we praise Him. Because we know where we've been and we know what saved us and we praise God that we are no longer there. We tell other believers what God has done for us so that we can encourage and strengthen their own faith. We're going to skip down to verse 16 through 20 in chapter 66. Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Hallelujah. God does not withhold his love from us. No matter what we do, he still loves us. There's one time I was having a conversation with God as often as I do. And I imagined myself standing on the beach casting a fishing line in and I'm like Lord why do you love me being the good counselor that God is he answered a question with a question why do you love your children my first thought was because I created them they are mine God says there you go I created you you are mine And thank God he created me and I am his. And praise God for that. God loves us and is worthy of our praise. We cannot live this life and see all that he created. And know all that he has done for us in our lives. And say with all honesty that he is not real. We cannot honestly say that all of creation just happened. When we see the majesty of God in everything. Christ died on a cross for our sins. He came to set us free so that if we are here on earth and we are incarcerated for exercising our freedom to worship God and to tell others of his love for us and the gospel of Christ, then we can understand that our chains are in Christ. And we can preach to the other prisoners and the guards around us about his love. We can praise God and give thanksgiving to him for his love for us. You know, earlier we heard the worship team do a wonderful job preparing us to hear the Word of God. I don't know who did this quote, but I love it. The purpose of worship is not to obtain an emotional high, to placate the flesh, or be entertained. It is not a theater for theater stage for dramatics or performances. The purpose of worship is to honor, glorify, and praise our holy God. And that is what our worship team does here. They get us ready to receive the word. And we glorify and praise and honor God. And there are only two times when we need to praise God. When we feel like it and when we don't. We don't always feel like praying. We don't always feel like praising God. But our attitudes and our hearts will change when we do so. We remember as we praise what God has done for us. So I took you on a journey from where we are in our sin and that God will let us stay there until we become repentant to what Christ has done for us all the way to the reason why we praise God for what he has done for us. And we can tell others through our own experiences that Jesus loves you where you are at and he will take you and he will change your life.
four years ago, I didn't imagine myself being up here. Yet here I am. August the 1st, I will be ordained. Unless, you know, the elders have other plans. Uh, (laughs) Unless something changes. Um, But, you know, did not expect this. Did not ever envision my life of standing up here in front of people that I love. Whom the Holy Spirit has told me, these are my children and they are worthy to be loved. And I love them and you should love them. So Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. So we went from lamentations all the way through praise. And we thank God every single day that we are here in a country where we can enjoy this. And I want to thank Dash Brown for allowing me to preach his first sermon. (laughs) So let us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the boldness to tell others of the gospel of Christ. Thank you for giving us strength to live our lives for you even when we don't feel like it. Thank you for bringing us back into fellowship with you when we stray from that relationship. Thank you for your faithfulness and compassion towards us. Father, I ask that you bless each and every one of us here today and give us the courage to praise you no matter our situation in life, no matter where we are at, and no matter who is around us. Give us peace and joy as we praise you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, we humbly ask. Amen. I will leave you with this. May God bless you all this week. And may he bless your endeavors to bring glory to his name. You are dismissed.